thank you. Uh, I'm excited about being here. Uh, sorry you don't have Josh, right? Josh is the A-team. We appreciate him being here. Does an amazing job. But I, I'm thankful to have the opportunity just to fill in for him so they can get some great family time. So continue to pray for them. Uh, pray that they get rested up in all the different things that they need. Pray for their kids. Uh, just, to, just remember them in your prayers. Our whole staff, just remember them as they work hard and serve the Lord and remember their families. And uh, we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. We're going to talk about integrity today. Uh, Josh has been leading up. We talked about taking a stand and being strong for God and taking a stand. So I thought this would be a great next step for us uh, as we work together. So we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. Uh, and let me pray for us, and then I'll let you work at find that in, in your, if you're finding that electronically or you're finding that in God's Word, uh, a physical book will we'll get you there, give you some time to get there. But let's pray together. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity we have to just be in your presence. Thank you for the talented people you helped uh, put in our church that allows us to just... Uh, come to your throne and they use their talents and abilities to help us to worship you and get to your throne we thank you so much for that lord lord we thank you for your son who died on the cross for us that allowed us to have that intimate personal relationship with you lord lord we thank you for your word we're going to open up your word and what a beautiful gift your word is lord the fact that we can open it up and it's active and real today father and father i pray that you speak boldly to us as we look at daniel's story and it's your name we pray amen John was talking about his birthday. He had his birthday. He, he's old. Uh, you know, John and I go way back together. It's kind of fun. Uh, John and I, I've, I've I got to serve a lot of times with John, almost 30 years in the ministry. And uh, no matter where God put us in ministry, we ended up running into John and we got the privilege and blessing of serving with John all through those years and we went all over the place I know, I know we went New Mexico Louisiana I mean we've been all over the states together uh, just a great blessing uh, to get to serve with John and uh, we're fortunate to have John here happy birthday John hope you have a good one uh, so at least something good to eat today yeah that'd be good so happy birthday to you uh, when we look at integrity uh, my wife's an English teacher. She always kind of curves what I do in my sermons because I think, okay, English teacher, whatever, got to throw something in there, make, you know, English. And so if we look at the definition of integrity, right, it means complete and whole. And so that, that's the definition. Now, if you're an A student, you got it. You know, a complete whole, you got that. Now, if you're more like me making the other letters in school, like the B's and the C's and some of those other letters, you, how, what does that really mean to us, right? I mean, yes, complete whole, but really what that's saying is integrity is saying, do you say what you mean and do you walk your walk, right? Do they all match up? That's what integrity is, right? So that makes it whole. Everything's matching up and it's together. And it's getting harder and harder to find people of integrity. Because here what's happened. Satan loves to get us in a trap, right? He gets us kind of in a squeeze play, if you will, uh, because of what's right to do and what's more convenient to do, right? And, and we get in that struggle. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Ah. And a lot of times, convenience wins out over right, right? And then all of a sudden, integrity's in trouble. It takes a long time to build integrity. It takes a snap of a finger to lose it, right? But Daniel, the great thing about Daniel in chapter 6, we're going to look at his life, but Daniel stood out for the right reasons. You know, you, you visit the crowds. You go look at crowds in the malls. You go to ball games. There's crowds. You go, wherever you go, there's crowds, supermarket. Wherever you go, there's always people that kind of stand out. 
And usually the ones that are standing out, you know, it's kind of because they're whatever, the choices they're making or whatever that's making them stand out, right? But Daniel stood out for the right reasons. He was raised, he was rising up to the top and he was taking notice and people were noticing Daniel because of the right things that he was doing. So Daniel teaches us what it takes to be a person of integrity. Ladies, now I may say a, a man of integrity a thousand times today, but I don't mean anything disrespectful, right? It, ladies, men, we're all in here. We want to be people of integrity. So if I say a man of integrity, I, 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 it, yes, I need to be a man of integrity. You do too. I'm talking people of integrity, okay? I'll just throw that disclaimer out real quick because I, I know that'll happen, all right? So, so Daniel gives us what it takes to be a person of integrity. So now let's, let's begin looking at his story. Daniel chapter 6. Let's look at the first two verses as we kind of walk through this and get it set up. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to the rule throughout his kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. So here what you have, you have a king that has overcome another kingdom, all right, now he's taken over, so now he's trying to set up some structure so he can run his kingdom because the kingdom just doesn't run by itself. So the first thing that he does, he appoints 120 sastrups or if you will, managers, right, to kind of oversee the kingdom. So he's got this structure of all these people that are running the country for him to help him run the country. And out of most of these people, the qualities that you're finding out of these administrators that he has running the country are usually... Uh, fraud and corruption because they're trying to make their own money too as they're collecting money for the king, right, in their organization and structure. So it's not a great quality of people that are here. So because of that, he knows that. So now he's set up on top of them. You have all them out here. Now above them, you have three people that they got to answer to, all right? He's got those administrators or the managers, right, that are going to manage all these others. And those he needs Somebody that's a little more trustworthy. Somebody that's going to be truthful. Somebody that's going to have integrity, right? Now, Daniel is listed as one of those three on the top tier. So you have the king. You have those three people. Now you have all those administrators. So that's kind of the setup that Darius, the king, has set up. So you got this structure going, and you have two key people that were mentioned in this. You have Darius. He's the king of the vast... NATO Persian Empire that had just overcome the Babylonians. And then you have Daniel. He's a key figure. And Daniel was brought to Babylonia as a Jewish slave when he was 15 years old. So he serves the king, Nebuchadnezzar, at Babylonian in Babylon. And then that gets taken over. And so now he's fixing to serve another king. And he's rising up to the top of a position under a new king, under a new leader. So here's a great question for us. As you're right, what allowed Daniel to rise to the top, right? How does one go about getting in a place like that? Because all of us want that leadership place. That's a good place to be, right by the king, right? Good things are gonna happen to you if you're in right standing with the king. So that's a great place to be. So how do you get there? Well, it doesn't happen overnight. Daniel's story starts in chapter 1 as a 15-year-old. We're picking up the story in chapter 6. He's probably about 80 years old now. So you don't just get there, right? He didn't just get there at the snap of a finger. You won't get there. You won't get integrity with the snap of a finger. But we pick up the story, and now he's risen to the top, right? 
And here's the great thing about Daniel. When he was 15 in chapter 1 and he gets taken as a slave, he takes a stand for God and he refuses to do anything that violates his commitment to the Lord. And here's the beautiful thing about his story. As Daniel takes a stand, God blesses. As Daniel takes a stand, God blesses. That's a theme through Daniel. As we get into chapter 6, it's still a theme that we're going to see. As Daniel takes a stand, God will bless. And let me tell you, if you're a person of integrity, you'll always have a place to serve. Daniel started as a low slave with integrity and built up. He had a place to serve for King Nebuchadnezzar. And then now that country gets taken over. A new king comes in. A new regime comes in. Daniel's a man of integrity. He is still rising to the top because he has integrity. So if you have integrity, you'll always have a spot. Here's the deal. If you lack ability, they can teach you something. If you lack knowledge, they can teach you what they want you to know, right? But if you lack integrity, you can't, that comes from within. They, can't, they have nothing to do. They can't do anything with that, right? So integrity comes from within, inside. And here's what separated Daniel from all the others. Look at, look at verse 3 with me here. This is how Daniel separated himself from everybody else. He distinguished himself. Look at verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the sapstrops by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to place him over the whole kingdom. So not only is he going to be one of those three, now he's going to be above those three and he's going to be a, the king and him and then now those administrators and now all the satraps. He's fixing to put, put him second to the king. Nobody's going to be uh, over him except the king. And it says it's his exceptional qualities. Daniel did a great job distinguishing himself with two things and we've got to learn to balance these two on a daily basis, Okay. Both of them deal with integrity. All right, the first thing that he says, or the first thing I want us to see, look at verse four. This is his public integrity. That's the first thing that you have to have on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Public integrity. Look at verse four. At this, the administrators in the satraps tried to find grounds of charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could not find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. That's scary. If somebody said, Bozeman, we're going to put 122 people kind of checking out your past and see what we can come up with, right? That's a scary thought, right? They, all these people came together to Daniel, started checking out how he deals with people, how he deals with money, how he deals with his family, how he deals with his public, how he deals with the king. Everything about him, they start checking it out. They found zero. Look, you can go to my family. You don't even have to go very far. There's four people in my family. My wife, she can give you plenty. My son, he can give you plenty. My daughter, he can put, look, my dog can even give you something because I'm sure at some time I've kicked that dog when I shouldn't have, right? So I know there's something there. You don't have to go very far. You don't have to find 122 people digging in my past to find something. That's the amazing thing about Daniel. And his integrity. He had public integrity. They could not find anything. Here's the deal. You can lose integrity like that. Let me give you an illustration. There was a pastor. Uh, and he was going home. Had a long full day. And he was going home. And he rides the bus home. So he gets on the bus. Pays his fare to the bus. Was that me? 
pays his fare to the bus, and gets his change, goes to the back of the bus, sits down on the back of the bus, starts kind of feeling the change and realizing that something doesn't feel right. Starts looking at his change, and he realizes he has too much change. So he goes up to the bus driver and says, look, I, I, you accidentally gave me too much change. Here, here's some change. You, here's what you, you gave me too much. And the bus driver said, I know. I was, in your, I was in your service Sunday and you preached on honesty and I wanted to see if you practiced what you preached. Right? Honesty, integrity. You never know when your integrity is going to be challenged. And it can go just of a snap of a finger. That's the beautiful thing about Daniel. All those years of his life, all those years of being a servant to all those people, nothing in his life. He lived that life of integrity, all right? Publicly, everything that he did. The second thing that we got to balance, not only our public integrity, how we deal with people in our public and what's visual, the second way is our private integrity, right? Look at this next verse. Look at verse five, private. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charge against this man Daniel unless he has something to do with his laws of his God. So look, they're going a different direction. Now they're going to attack his spiritual life. They couldn't do anything physically, couldn't do it in his public life. So now, you know what? We've got to go spiritual. So now they're ch challenging Daniel spiritually. They're going to try to drum up something spiritually. Now they form a plan. Let's look at the plan that they form up to try to get him. They're attacking him spiritually. And in verse 6 through verse 9, they put this plan together and present it to the king. Let's look at that. So in verse 6, So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. Your royal administrators, perfecters, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that... Anyone who prays to another God or man during the next 30 days, except for you, O king, should be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So the king Darius put the decree in writing. So here's what they did. Flattery. They decided the plan was go flatter the king. Let's see if we can drum up something and get, get Daniel. So they went to the king and says, oh, king, you're the greatest. You, you know what? You're so great and you're so good that we think everybody ought to honor you. For 30 days, it's you. Oh, king day for 30 days, right? It's your day and we want everybody to honor you. So the king hears this. Here's that flattering thanks. You know, that's, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that, I am the king. That sounds good. Let's do it. Let's put it in writing. That's a great thing. Now, back then, a king could change laws, right? I mean, uh, you can make laws, change laws. But the Medes had something. Once you wrote something in law and put it in the signet rings with everybody, it stayed. A king just couldn't change it or repeal it. So that's the way they went. They wanted to make sure that even the king couldn't come back on his word later and go, oh, I'm king. I don't like this rule. Let's change it. So they got him to change. They got him to put this thing in writing. And now here we go. So now it's in writing. King's been flattered, got the laws out. Now, now what's Daniel going to do, right? It, the, the ball is in Daniel's court. Look at verse 10. Here's how Daniel responds. Now then Daniel learned that the decrees had been published. He went to his home upstairs where the window was open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. 
Daniel had a consistent prayer life and he didn't change it, right? Look, I know, here, here's what we'd have done and I'm picking on us because we're Baptists, right? Here's what we'd have done the first thing in Baptists. We'd have set a special committee meeting, right? Uh, have you heard what they're doing? Like, can they do that? What, what are we gonna do about that? Let's get, let's get together and talk about this. Let's build a committee and let's discuss this and let's figure out what we're gonna do about this, right? Now, Daniel didn't do that. No, he didn't do that. He didn't go whimper in a corner. He didn't start bellyaching, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? Have you, have you heard what they're gonna do? Oh my goodness, oh pitiful me, right? He didn't go that route, right? And he didn't just skip like, look, God, I know we've had a great relationship this year. We've gone 265 days without missing. I, I'm just gonna pause for a moment. I know our relationship's good. I'll pick it back up in a, in a little while, okay? I know it's gonna be good. He didn't just skip it, right? Here's probably what I would have done. I, I probably would have walked over to the door, the window and just kind of just close the window a little bit. Okay, God, you don't mind if we just pray behind closed doors today, right? Maybe the weather's a little weird. Let's just do this for about 30 days. Just you and me, God. Just 30 days behind closed doors. Just you and me, right? He, he didn't do that. He had a consistent walk with the Lord and he knew that that was his source of integrity. And he didn't change. He didn't do that. He didn't change. And look, if we're going to be people of integrity, right, it's going to come down to our relationship with the Lord. What kind of relationship do we have with the Lord? When I was 15 years old, I realized I needed a relationship with the Lord. I realized I didn't have Christ in my life, and I realized if God created and made me, if I was going to have purpose and meaning in life, I got to connect to that person who created me and made me. And I realized I had sin in my life, and I needed forgiveness over that sin. I couldn't pay the price. I needed somebody else to pay that price. And that was Jesus on the cross. Needed to pay that price for my sins. I realized that as a teenager. So I started that, realized that, accepted that. And now I let God run my life, lead my life, right? I'm committed to him. I have the Holy Spirit guiding me and directing me, right? That's how we're gonna have a life of integrity by that relationship with the Lord that we have. And if you don't have one of those relationships, man, I would love to talk to you after the service. I know our staff would love to walk you through what that looks like and what that means. We would love to do that for you, all right? But you have to have that life connected to Christ. It's that relationship with the Lord that's gonna give you that integrity. And look, here's the deal. The plan that they set up, all those people, they were banking on Daniel being consistent in his spiritual walk because their plan wasn't gonna work if Daniel didn't follow through. So look at verse 11. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. All right, so there it is. They saw him. They, they had him. And I can visualize them running up and trying to get some kind of a snapshot of Daniel so they could have proof to, to the king, right? How many, look, the oldest camera I can think of, you remember the old Polaroids, you know? Uh, you know, the little, you, you press it and you know, and it kind of ran out a little bit and you got to wiggle it and y'all are looking at me like I'm speaking a foreign language, right? You know, the, uh, okay, yeah, one. Thank you, thank you, brother. I appreciate that, Stuart. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, right? So I visualized maybe the first Polaroid, right? And they're, they're hanging out over Daniel's house. They're waiting by the open window, just counting on him to be consistent with his walk with the Lord. And there he was, right? So what did they do? Look, now that they've got evidence, look at verse 13. Then they said to Dan, uh, King 
Daniel, who is the one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the, or to the decree that you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. Verse 14, here's the response of the king. Then the king heard this. He was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Verse 16. So the king gave the order and they found Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. All right, so the damage is done, evidence is presented, guilty is charged, Daniel is thrown in the lion's den. And right now, Daniel's life seems like it's completely fallen apart. The king spends some restless nights, or a restless night, and as we pick up the story, verse 20, it's the next morning, the king, king wakes up, verse 20, Then he came near to the den. He said to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Here's what the king was saying in that phrase. He was really saying, is the, is the God you talk about in, in our office, in our daily walk, is that God really real? Is the God you're talking about, was he strong enough and faithful enough and loving enough to save you in the lion's den, right? So here's a great question. How did the king know about God, uh, Daniel's God? How did he know about him? Well, it doesn't really tell us, but I'll tell you how he knows. Because Daniel wasn't afraid to live his life with integrity. Daniel wasn't afraid to speak about God in life situations on a day-to-day -day basis. Because of that, because of Daniel's testimony, public testimony, the king was very aware of who's Daniel, who's Daniel Daniel's God was. That didn't come out very good, but you know what I'm trying to get. Yeah, right? The God of Daniel. There you go. Right? So let's, let's look at the, um, the difference that integrity can, can make in your life. The first thing that I want to say is God is in the presence of trials. If, you're gonna walk, if you have a hard time going on, you have the Holy Spirit and you have God with you in the presence of whatever circumstances you find yourself in. You have God's presence and you have his protection. Look at Daniel's story. Look at verse 22 here. My God sent his angels and they shut the mouths of the lions. They, get, they have not hurt me because I have found innocence in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. So in this story, we see that God's presence with his, was with Daniel. We also see God's protection was with Daniel. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall in the lion's den that night. Wouldn't that be awesome? I could just imagine Daniel uh, using one of the lions as a pillow and the other one as a blanket, right? And just staying warm and kind of snuggle up and having a good night's rest, right? I don't, know, I don't know what that looked like that night, right? They had a night together and we know he wasn't harmed, he wasn't hurt. So I, don't, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. That would have been fantastic. 
And I want you to know this. If you're standing for God in, with integrity, you have his presence and you have his protection. And I love the next thing. Look at verse 24. He'll even take care of your enemies for you. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed them, all their bones. Wow. You know, a lot of times when, when we're trying to stand strong and we're having opposition, we always think we need to get back, right? Get even and uh, let God fight those evens instead of you. He's going to do a whole lot more than we can do, right? I mean, what are we going to do anyway? I mean, uh, okay, God, I pray that a thousand fleas infest his navel for what he did to me, right? Right? I don't, right. What are we going to do, right? We really can't do much as far as getting back at somebody. I mean, yeah, okay, whatever it is. But let God do it, right? Look at this. The very people that gave, that picked the consequence for Daniel, are you seeing that? They picked the consequence for Daniel, but they're the ones that had to answer to that very shrewd, harsh consequence they put for Daniel. They had to answer to it, right? So God, remember he's in your presence. He's in your protection and let him take care of your enemies for you, right? Look at the next thing. I love this part. If you take a stand, you're a person of integrity, God gets glorified. I love this part. God gets glorified. Look at, look at verse 26 and 27. I issue, this is the king speaking. I issue a decree that every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is a living God and an everlasting God. The kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominions will last forever. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders. In heaven and on earth, he has rescued Daniel from the powers of lions. God is glorified because Daniel took a stance. The king knew about Daniel's God. Now he's making his kingdom know about Daniel's God. So the difference that integrity can make, it makes a difference in your presence. It makes a difference with protection. It makes a difference with your enemies. It makes a difference because God gets glorified. And the last thing is success. Look at verse 28 as we wrap it up. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persians. Daniel was successful. He rose to the top. God allowed him to rise to the top and stay on top. He was successful. Here's the deal, church. The only way we're going to be able to be people of integrity, right, people of integrity is our relationship with the Lord and being consistent with that relationship with the Lord. Let me pray for us as we close. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your study of Daniel. And I'm so thankful, Father, that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords and nothing surprises you, even the messes we find ourselves in. And I thank you that you can be our strength to stand strong for you, Father. And as we stand strong for you, we can confidently know that you'll take care of us. And I thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for our, your son dying on the cross for us so we can have that intimate, personal relationship with you. And Lord, as we leave this place, I pray, Father, that you give us wisdom and insight to know how to handle all the different things that we may come across today and even in this week as we start, start our week together. Help us to be your light to a world. And Father, now, uh, go with us as we leave this place. In your name we pray, amen.